Podcasting from baseball heaven, St. Louis, Missouri. Home to float trips, gooey butter cake, and the Gateway Arch. This is the Navigate the Rapids podcast, where you find out how to effectively run and market your business. And now, here's your host, Will Hankey. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Navigate the Rapids. Excited to have you on today. Uh, my guest today is Andy Magnus. And Andy is the CPA from Proactive Tax Pros, LLC, a national known tax advisor, speaker, writer, and humorist. Andy spent five years as an IRS agent and regional trainer and decades helping small businesses with their business and tax strategies and return preparation. His firm, Proactive Tax Pros, helps successful entrepreneurs keep more of what they earn so they can explore opportunities, grow their business, and do the things they love. Andy, I appreciate you joining us today. Uh, it's an honor, Will. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. Of course, we've got you know a lot of things going on in the government world that we don't necessarily want to get into, but the thing we do want to talk to <laughs> you today about is obviously the, the PPP, the EIDL, and just kind of the overall newest changes to, um, I guess, what was originally called the CARES Act. Yes. Yeah, it's been interesting, Will. I mean, we've got certainly lots of change. Lots has happened this last year, needless to say. It's the, you know, but I do want to say as we get into this, I want to do my disclaimer. Yeah. We're going to go over a lot of information today based on what we know from in the past and what we've seen, you know, that I can guarantee 100% that something I say here today will not be correct or will at least be changed probably in the not too distant future. So with that disclaimer, and, and I recommend this is for information, this is for your information only. I mean, it's not in designed to make you an expert or go, hey, this is great. It'll make you look smart in front of your hairdresser or mechanic. But other than that, it's just an awareness. So you need what you need. You have what you need to know to talk to your tax professional to make sure it, how it applies to you. Yeah, that's awesome. So my many years of, of being in the military and then working for the government for 17 years after that, uh, that's one thing that you know that, that no matter what somebody says, it's not final and it never will be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the law that was passed in late December, we've already gotten the first wisdom from the SBA on uh, last Thursday. So <laughs> crazy. So before we get into all of that stuff, can you just tell us a little bit more about your business? Well, sure. Um, at Proactive Tax Pros, we take a little different perspective on how we approach our clients' work. Um, we take a look at the taxes, obviously, but when we take the information that our client gives us and then looks at it to see what's not there and how we can present it differently to keep from having a target painted on it by the Internal Revenue Service, uh, which is obviously... I can represent people in front of the Internal Revenue Service, but it is much better not to have to do that. Our goal is to make it like Obi-Wan Kenobi. These are not the droids you're looking for right. <laughs> <laughs> for your tax return. We also do business advisory service because tax and bookkeeping is just looking backwards. And what we do is to advise our clients on what it is that they can, what 
take a look at an analysis of what they're doing so we can see are there places we could be more profitable and also look at where do we want to go in the future? Where do we want to land? What does it look like in the next three to five years? So it's looking back, but it's also looking in the present and working towards the future. Love that. And I'm, I'm assuming that's part of your name, Proactive Tax Pros. Well, Proactive um, kind of says that it's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Working in the past, it's all reactive. And yeah, that's fantastic. I, I love to, to have somebody that you can bounce ideas off for different things. And, and I mean, we know everything's changing. We'll talk about a lot of that today. Uh, <laughs> but it's always nice to have somebody like that on your side. What, what is it they say? The only thing constant is change. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. it comes to taxes and business, especially so. Yes. Yeah. Well, hey, let's jump into to a little bit of the meat here uh, and start by talking about the economy and some of the impacts uh, of the of the newest changes. Well, OK, the, the, the newest changes. And, and again, new is relative. It right. Could be last <laughs> Thursday or it could be last March. It, uh, but of course, we've dealt with, uh, you know, the this is called the Coronavirus Response and Relief Supplemental Appropriations Act of 2021, which was, oh, 5,500 and some odd pages, not all of which had to do with taxes, only about 10% had to do with, with taxes and PPP and business related. So, um, you know, it had to do with, well, let me kind of do a, another kind of prerequisite. Some of the things we deal with are credits and some are deductions. And there's a difference, a big difference. A deduction just reduces your income. A credit reduces your tax dollar for dollar. So, you know, on a deduction, you're only getting a percentage of savings. Credit, you're getting 100%. Um, okay. You know, the thing I do want to say is we know changes are coming. We know that one thing that this uh, this act was written in words and words are subject to interpretation and they can be interpreted the same words can be interpreted many many different ways and if you get enough experts in the room there will be at least that many opinions plus another several right <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely makes sense so um what was the what were some of the the big changes what were some of the the most obvious pieces of the of the puzzle to this well okay for on the individual side we have of course the stimulus that that is coming out that we decided that was there's a lot of debate over how much that was going to be the extension of the unemployment and uh, there were some deductions that were added for individuals all those impact the individuals but for businesses of course we we had some changes to PPP ones and modifications. And most of those are very, very good for us. It makes life much simpler because we've been questioning what do we do next? We have the PPP2. And then we had some additional deductions come in that we were allowed. And we'll be talking about those in a bit and then some other credits. And, and again, we're only going to probably go into a little more detail on the business stuff and this, the personal stuff will be you know, if we have time, great, but I don't think we will because there's lots to go over. Yeah, yeah. So let's jump into the PPP and, and know that there's kind of a second round of loans, I guess, is the correct term? That's correct. So let me kind of give you a little background. The first PPP allocation was $349 billion. Then they added another 310 and this added another $284 billion. 
coming out to a total of almost $950 billion on this. Now, this middle allocation, the 310, has not been used. So there's more funds available than there are applicants at this point. Okay. So on the PPP1, uh, we've allowed to, when we calculated it first time, it was based on payroll. They've gone back and said, you know what, the cost of health insurance, dental, uh, other kinds of insurance really should have been included in the cost of payroll because that's a cost of keeping a, an employee. Yeah. So yeah. they've allowed now us to go back and amend subject to, of course, your financial institution agreeing to that and claim an additional amount on the first loan, which can then, of course, can be forgiven. So okay. that's, that's a nice thing. They've added some, we had so much we could spend on payroll and so much we could spend on other things. And they've added some other things to that. We're not going to go into a lot of detail because most people were able to do the payroll and just, we did payroll. We added the payroll, we paid out that much in payroll and then we, we got, we qualify for forgiveness. Yeah. So, um, and, and by the way, when you're applying for a PPP forgiveness, this is my opinion, nothing else. I'm not the banker, but if you can get 100% of your forgiveness from just payroll, submit your forgiveness application based on that because that makes the job very easy for your financial institution and therefore makes it easy for the government. So, Yes, if you need other expenses to, to qualify for that, great. And when the, it first came out, we had eight weeks to get that done. Now we've got 24. And most people's payroll or many, most of my clients' payroll more than covers the PPP. So we don't even have to get into the other stuff. Okay. okay. So, so uh, if, uh, if somebody uh, did not take advantage of PPP1, can they take advantage of the second round? They can take advantage of the second round, but there's some qualifications that we'll get to on that. So, okay. Uh, but PPP1, you know, it's gone. We can't apply for that anymore. So now we get to select the period of payroll covered to for the forgiveness. And that period can be any number of weeks between eight and 24. And it can, you can just pick the highest 24 weeks to qualify for your forgiveness. That they made that very nice and simple. There's a simplified loan forgiveness for less than $150,000 in loan that you can submit. It's a one page with half of another page of initials and signatures saying that I understand all this is true and correct under penalty of perjury, yada, yada. But it's much easier. And the big thing, one of the big, one of the many big things is we got those that received the idle advance, you know, when they first put it out, they said, apply for this idle loan and you get a grant of, and it came in as in thousand dollar increments. And Originally, that was to reduce the amount that could be forgiven. Under the latest act, we just the money you got on the idle loan as an advance is a is a gift. You don't have to offset. You can still get everything forgiven on the PPP loan, which is that's huge for a lot of people. Um, there's also some changes into uh, there's some safe harbors on the number of employees, number substantially full-time employees that you have. So 
there's some greater flexibility on that. And there's a, there's a credit, an employee retention credit. You can't use the same wages for the credit and for the PPP forgiveness. Uh, the other huge thing is Congress came out first on the PPP and said, you know what, this is not taxable. And everybody's going, cool, free money. But the IRS came in in their infinite wisdom and uh, IRS and Congress both have infinite wisdom, he said with his tongue in his cheek. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that That's great. You don't have to include it in income, but since you're paying expenses with income that's not taxable, you don't get the deduction. Well, this solidified that you get both free money and get to take the deductions. That's huge. That's awesome. That, that was going to make a huge impact for a lot of people. So good, good. And the, the main purpose of all of this really is just to help businesses, first of all, get through the, the economic downturn, if you will, be able to keep their uh, employees, right? Keep paying people. Uh, and you're basically just drawing against that, that loan that could then be forgiven down the road. That's correct. They're just what their goal is, and, and who knows what Congress's intention is, but allegedly their intention is that we want to keep people payroll, pe people paid. It's why yeah. it's called PPP stands for the Payroll Protection Program. They want to protect people's income so they can continue to be paid so that, again, it's not as much of a drain on the government. So the government's basically underwriting wages. And, and that's I think basically that's a good thing. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So is there anything else that we didn't cover that we need to cover for PPP one? Oh, I'm sure there's more than we could cover. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How many hours do you have? <laughs> yeah. No, okay. All right. So let me rephrase my question. Uh, for people who are, are watching this or listening to this on the podcast now, what is uh, some information that they need to get started and where is the, what is their first action step? Um, okay, as far as the PPP-1 or, you know, there's the, the PPP-1, really the, the action steps you are, you take now is to get your forgiveness. You pick your best 12, your 24 months of payroll. It's kind of on a window that moves, you know, and you, you look for the best 24 months, the most payroll you have to offset as much of the loan as you can. Got it. Okay. Um, if somebody's had to reduce payroll, you clearly are going to have some, you know, you, you may have to pay some of it back. So the, the idea is you take the amount of the loan that you got, you compare it to the payroll you've made in the 24 months. And then again, if you to determine, have you got enough payroll? If you don't have enough payroll, then you take a look at these other expenses. Some of these are rent and, and employee benefits and some other things that, that will go into um, the deductions that you can take and, and take it. You can only have 40% of those other expenses. But the key is, is keep good records on it and go back and make sure you can document it. If you're under $150,000 and you've got reasonably good records, I would, ex you know, I'm, don't hold me to this, but I would expect that they'll, they've got bigger fish to fry. There are people that have hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars in PPP loans that more than likely they're going to, they're, they're going to spend their time there. So yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. My suggestion is is keep the records and and make sure you're you're following the rules the way you can best interpret them. Fantastic. So thank you for for uh, mentioning that there are people that applied under the PPP one. They have steps that they need to do. Um, you also mentioned the EIDL loan or the IDL. Uh, grant or loan or whatever. And there were a lot of people that applied for that in round one as well. Uh, and and do, is there anything else that those people need to do for that money or is it just considered a gift, like you said? The, the, the grant, this was the, you know, when you when it first came out, they said, you know, free money. It, it didn't say exactly that, but it yeah. says apply for an advance on the idle loan and we'll give it out to you pretty quickly, which again, pretty quickly has got a number of definitions. It doesn't always match between different people. (laughs) But, and so if you got those funds, and like I say, those were all in even thousands of dollars, then, you know, originally you had to offset the amount to be forgiven by that advance. Now, no, you don't have to. So you get the money from the advance and the PPP money that's forgiven tax-free, and uh, again, make sure you disclose all this to your your tax professional because, again, these are all things they need to know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. So now for the new round, PPP2, we'll call it, um, and EIDL, I guess that's still in play as well, right? Oh, yeah. EIDL was the idle loans actually were in place before the pandemic. Okay. Oh, okay. Excellent. So is that a good first step for somebody to, if they haven't started with the EIDL to go ahead and, and apply for that? You know, one of my, if you qualify for the idle loan, by all means, you should apply for it. It's the terms are, it's a 30 year note. It's 3.75, I think, percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, compared to what money's earning in savings, it's a lot, but compared to what we're used to paying, it's not that much, especially on that long term. So, yeah, yeah. What, we probably ought to just talk about PPP too, and then, then let's talk about idle because that's there's some, some things that there's some good things in idle. There's some limitations on idle that we need to talk about a little bit. So, okay. PPP2 loan, are, are you ready for me to go there? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We like that. Um, The first thing you have to have is uh, you have to have an economic necessity for acquiring the loan. Even if you qualify for it, it has to, you know, it has to basically take a look like, you know, I would not be able to pay my bills if I didn't get this loan. Okay. And there are businesses out there that absolutely need it. Some of the restaurants, uh, I was in a restaurant, Friday night, there were four tables and they said, you know, some nights they only had three tables the whole night. So a lot of the restaurants are really, really hurting. By the way, go local, buy, go out to eat, get something to go or buy a gift certificate. Anyway, um, you have to have less than 300 employees to qualify for PPP2 and be able to show that your income has dropped by 25% in any one quarter. So you have to show that income in 2020 was 25% less than income in 2019. Okay. So you just take a look at each quarter and you only have to have one. 
So if you had, if you were shut down originally and had a really bad quarter because of that, but then because of the way life has changed for all of us and the way we live and do business and other things that people are kind of, you know, spending more because gosh, I'm at home now more and maybe I need to do some things around the house, then you can certainly, uh, you know, if you had the one quarter, you qualify, even if you've done better in the next, if you have the economic necessity. So the loan is also uh, two and a half times the payroll, like it, like the first round was, unless you're in the uh, food and lodging industry, and then it's three and a half times. Interesting. Yeah. So they they they've understood the the plight of those particular industries. The farmers are now included in PPP too. Not very many people are farmers, but there are many people who are outstanding in their field. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and business leagues like Chambers of Commerce and other are also qualified. So again, that's something that's worth looking into. And you can calculate your, your wages on any 12-month period, not just the calendar year 2019. So if you had more payroll in different quarters, like if you had big payroll January, February before the lockdown, you could do March through February if that gave you a bigger number. Got it. Okay. The deadline for filing PPP2 is uh, March the 31st, 2021. Still getting used to that 21, yeah. Yeah. And um, so anyway, that's, those are kind of the general rules. It's very, the, the form is very much the same. It depends on the, the, there is a standard form and then each lending institution, since the loan comes from the bank and the PPP loans, it doesn't come from SBA. SBA just guarantees it each bank has their own rules. So when we're dealing with forgiveness for our clients, we've got different rules for different financial institutions and everybody has different opinions about what their board thinks they need. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. You know, well, what I'm going back to the PPP one, what we're doing with our clients, even though they're on, in the lower section of the loans, we're sending Form 941s, the quarterly payroll tax reports, and a payroll register in with the forgiveness application. So it gives the bank something to look at. You know, again, it gives them documentation. This is the detail that they need. Yeah. But again, uh, so, they want something entirely different. I'm, I'm not speaking for any bank. So Right, right. So you mentioned that uh, the end of March is the, the time frame that you have to apply for this. Uh, I remember hearing a lot around the first round that they were running out of money. Does that, is that going to be a thing this time? And if so, should we uh, assumingly apply sooner than later? Well, the, anytime you have money available to you, it's always good advice to file, to file sooner than later. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, you know, I, my crystal ball is broken. I don't know if they're going to run out of money, but again, they didn't use the second round. So I'm not sure whether they can get into that or not. That's right. that all has to do with appropriations and stuff of which I know nothing. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, another question I heard 
um, that you can apply for PPP and you don't have to send in the documentation to prove it originally. Uh, and you have to you have to prove it when you ask for the forgiveness. Is that is that the correct kind of way that it goes? As far as the, the reduction in income, right? The form, the second form, has uh, fill in the blanks of this is this is what my income was in this quarter in 2019. Here's what it was in 2020. They don't ask for any documentation on that. They could but they don't ask for it with the application. It's again, a very simple application like the first one was. And then of course they'll change the rules on how they interpret it like they did in the past. Uh, the first round, I mean, we got changes pretty much every week in, in interpretations by the SBA. And those of us who are working out in, in with the clients and actually you know, it, working with the you know, the actual records and things. I mean, it was like trying to drive your car down the road while you're still building it and it's okay. on fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, so, uh, okay, apply sooner than later. And from what I understand, it is, oh, sorry about that. Uh, it, so it's a loan right, that may or may not be forgiven. Uh, but even even if it's not forgiven, the, the terms are still pretty good. Is that correct? They are. The, it's low interest rates. You have, you know, it's a, it's not like the idle loan where you have 30 years. Uh, I try not to memorize this stuff because the minute I do, it changes. Yeah. I think it's, one time it was two years, then it went to five. I'm not sure what it is. So, but I mean, there's an extended, and it's it's a very low interest rate. I think it's maybe one percent or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So, so at the worst, if you're not able to qualify for the forgiveness, it's still a one or two percent loan, right, for your business. Yeah, it's it, it's an amazing loan, and, and for those that are really struggling, they're probably having difficulty qualifying for loans right now, anyhow. So it's a it's a good it's a great deal. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so uh, once somebody applies and they would apply through a financial institution, their credit union, their bank, you know, something like that, it's not something you go through the government to do. Is that correct? No, you do not. You go okay. through the bank, the bank approves the loan, uh, then the government has to obviously put their blessing on it. But no, you don't. Uh, it's done through the banks and the, the loan comes from the bank. It's okay. not a loan from SBA funds at all. SBA just pays it off once the forgiveness is given. Got it. Got it. Okay. And once you once you apply for forgiveness, by the way, the the financial institution has two months to approve it, which is why I say make it easy for the financial institution to approve. And then they send it off to the SBA who has three months to approve it. Wow. Okay. Right. <laughs> Great to sit around for a while waiting. <laughs> well, it could be, and and you know, knowing the government, and yeah, you know, if you do it quickly and easily, it could go much much faster. But again, you make it easy, so it you know, again, it's like okay, good, go. Yeah, yeah, okay, awesome. Anything else we need to cover on the PPP two version? 
Um, well, one thing you, you know, there are some banks that are saying you have to have used up all the funds before you apply for the second, second round. Some of them say, yeah, and others don't. Some could ask you to apply for forgiveness on the first one before you apply for the second. Again, it's going to be up to the individual institution to determine. And one thing I had come up uh, with a client, they said, you know, we've been putting this money back to pay. We've been paying our payroll all along, but we had the money that we have in the account that we got from the PPP loan in a separate account. And, you know, what are we going to do? Because we really haven't, not all of it was used to pay payroll and we still have some money in the bank sitting back, but they had enough payroll written out of their regular account to cover forgiveness. So it doesn't matter where those particular dollars came from to pay payroll. They could have come from directly out of that bank account that you got your loan put in, or they could come from other funds as long as you're writing payroll. The idea is protecting the payroll, which is what the, the title says. So it's not a matter of, you know, cause the dollar is a dollar is a dollar. If I put a do- if I put $200 in the bank, a hundred from the idle loan and a hundred from my business from sales, you can't tell which dollar is which. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Does the PPP process, uh, is there a limit as far as can solopreneurs uh, apply for this or does it have to be a business of a certain size? I know you said under 300, uh, but can solopreneurs apply as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it applies for not only Schedule C sole proprietors, but it applies for partnerships and corporations. Okay. Okay. And again, the big piece of this is just having payroll documentation. in Correct. Place. Well, an, an individual sole proprietor is not going to have payroll, but if you go from what your net income what you paid self-employment tax on in 2019 is pretty much what you're going to use. And if you have both a schedule C, which is the sole proprietor and payroll, you get to take both. Okay. Interesting. So again, consult your advisor, your financial and, and tax advisor. Right. Right. Awesome. Thank you. This is fantastic information. Uh, so, okay, uh, let's chat about EIDL uh, or EIDL. I know you've talked about that a couple times. Uh, the first time around, I applied and uh, was approved. And now I learned today that maybe that was a gift. That's fantastic. Uh, but I know that that is something that can kind of stimulate uh, short-term uh, help for a business. Uh, how should they get started with that? Okay, on the idle loan, it's an economic injury disaster loan, okay? In the biz, we call it the idle loan, okay? Um, And you basically go to the SBA side. This loan comes from the SBA, not from your banker, and it goes through a regular approval process. So many people, like for me, I applied for an idle loan when it first came out and said, we'll give you an advance of up to $10,000. You may have, you know, a lot of people looked at that and jumped on it and said, oh, $10,000 advance. Well, it's up to, it's kind of like you may be a winner on the publisher's clearinghouse. It doesn't mean you got it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So again, you, you just have to, 
uh, you apply for the loan, they pretty much determine how much you qualify for. Because I applied for the, the, the grant and then they sent me, you qualified for this loan, do you want it? Went, okay. So it's again, go to the SBA website, make sure you look, there are some, number one, you have to need the loan. Again, you've got to be, this is how we're making payroll, this not payroll size, but this is how we're making our expenses. It's not, gosh, I got this loan, I qualify for this loan. But the question is, do you have the economic necessity for it? If you can show that, then by all means, it's a good deal. But there are some downsides to it also. There's some restrictions uh, that are in the loan on how you can use those funds, whether you can move your business. Uh, you can't pay bonuses without SBA approval. I mean, these things can be done, but they're not guaranteed. Just again, we're dealing with the government and no telling what length of time it's going to take to get approval. So, yeah. uh, you know, if, you, if you're making a, having a, a remarkable year and you want to make extra distributions out to the owner, you got to ask the SBA. So there's, uh, there's, and then in some of my continuing education, they even talk about, we talk about whistleblowers and what that is. If somebody that's working for you or somebody that you know sees that you've got an idle loan for some reason you talked about it and you really don't need it, guess what? They can whistleblow on that and get a reward. Oh, geez. So just you know, like I say, make sure you need the loan. Make sure, you know, and, and document it. You know, at least document the logic. And again, Go to your, your advisor and make sure that you've got all the documents that you need. So just just be aware of those things. It's not all gravy. There's there's some bones in there too. Okay. But that loan is not specific for payroll, right? You can use that for, for daily expenses to keep your business going. Pay your rent. If, you're, if the money's not coming in to pay your rent, you can use that for rent. The PPP okay. loan could be used for rent. But not, you know, if you don't need, you know, if you can use it for payroll, all the better because it's cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm saying. But it. it can be, it can be used for anything. It can't be, oh, I'm going to go buy a Maserati. No, that's not what an idle loan is for. Darn it. <laughs> I know. It's disappointing. <laughs> all right. Scratch that off my list. All right. Um, any other changes that are going to impact businesses around that? Well, on top of PPP-1 and PPP-2, we've also got a, an ability to, if, to defer payroll taxes. So if you're really struggling making pay, you know, paying your bills, there's an opportunity to defer the payment of, of the payroll taxes until they just changed it to 20, uh, 1122. So without interest and penalty. So if you oh. need to, you know, I don't recommend it to people. If you could pay the payroll taxes, by all means, because those are, you know, playing catch up on payroll taxes. Anybody who's done that will tell you it's, it's not easy once you get behind. Yeah. But it's, an, it's available. I was talking to a client about that this morning. Um, there's... And interesting, the credit for uh, family and sick leave, the Family First you know, Act said the, there's a credit for sick and family leave. That's been extended. Okay. 
So um, in 2021, they wanted to help the restaurants out. So meals that are business-related meals purchased from a restaurant are 100% deductible this year instead of the 50% we've gotten in the past. Interesting. And I think last year it was zero, right? No, entertainment is zero. Oh, the entertainment is zero. Yeah, meals is still 50%. Entertainment is still not not on the table. So, Okay. Okay. So, um, uh, so meals has changed. That's interesting. Yeah, that was kind of a, well, we'll help out the restaurants. I guess it was. Yeah, it's great. If we, if we can understand congressional logic, that would seem to make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, awesome. There's an, an employee retention credit. So where if you retain employees, this is not a simple calculation, but it is available that you can actually get a credit, which is a direct reduction of your tax for wages that you've paid if you meet certain qualifications. We're not going to go into that today, but just know you can't use this, the employee retention credit wages that you pay to, uh, to for the same wages that you did for the forgiveness of your PPP loan. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yep. And then those in the medical community, there's uh, Medicare fees have been increased by 3.75%. And there's a, an HHS provider relief fund that's helping some of the medical people with the, this craziness they've had to deal with. Those are, I wouldn't want to be in the medical field. Right. I didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to to begin with, but especially now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, those are fantastic. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you sharing those extra kind of things that are going on in, in the business world. That's great. Glad to do it. I mean, that, that's something that you hear so many stories and tales. And like I say, your barber and your uh, your hairstylist, and you know, they all they're they're all tax experts. Did you know that, by the way? <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's good to get it from a at least semi reliable source. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Andy, thank you so much for all the things that you've shared today. Uh, we know that they're subject to change as soon as we're done recording here. Uh, but uh, but I do appreciate giving us a direction, which is just fantastic. My pleasure, Will. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no problem. So uh, as we go to, to kind of wrap up, uh, tell us a little bit about how people can contact you if they would like to. Well, probably the best way is by the email address right up where's my finger right up there and uh that would be the best way to get in contact and if you'll get in contact we'll we'll get in touch with you either me or one of my my team we'll get in touch with you and we'll get the time set up to to talk about how we can serve you okay and for those listening on the podcast it's andy m at proactivetaxpros.com correct correct yep good awesome awesome Thank you again for being on today. Uh, thank you for all the fantastic information. I really appreciate it. You know me, I'm, I, I can do this. I can, uh, and I love to get up in front of people and, and share with them things that will help them. Yeah. yeah. And there's, there's certainly not a lot of that out there right now. Right. Yeah. So, well, thank you again. And I uh, hope you have a fantastic thank week. 